Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So we're just going to start off by saying thank you, Freak Family. You guys really carried the day. We were nominated in a couple of categories for the Webbies. We were nominated... Uh, in the best podcast ad um, category, both People's Voice and the Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences. And because you guys rallied to our side, we actually won the People's Voice Award for, uh, we, we won a Webby. We're just blown away. It's so exciting. We uh, also were an honoree in the best series category, which blows my mind. <laughs> That's stinking amazing because the Box of Oddities was included in the final 10 out of 13,500 uh, entries. We didn't make the final five cut for nominees, but they give us a plaque anyway. It's, it's like a participation trophy. It's pretty incredible. It really is. And it's because of you. Thank you so, so much. And expect that soon we will be uh, really like our heads will be huge and we'll just we'll start <laughs> yeah, that, referring to each other as king and queen. And yeah, it sounds like us. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have shirts made with our trophy on it. It's oh, going to be God. a whole thing. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, although I have started referring to myself in the third person. Oh, yes, wow. But that has nothing to do with the Webby Awards. Of course not. I just enjoy doing it. <laughs> Jethro enjoys it. So let me weave you a little tale. Please do. If I could. Actually, let me ask you this. We, we were talking about this the other night. Uh, Kat comes up with great ideas for inventions. And uh, Thank you. Give me a couple of... Well, let me think here. You, you had uh, the idea that... Um, they should build in a luggage scale right into the handle of the suitcase. Yes. I don't know if any, maybe somebody's done that, but I've not heard of that. Maybe. So I'm crediting you for that. Thank you. What are some other ideas that you've had? I had an idea for uh, Roomba, but it's attached to your ceiling for cobwebs. Mm, I like that very much. Thank you. Creepy as fuck, but yes, that's very <laughs> Just functional. Just something moving out of the corner of your eye. What the heck? Oh, yeah. 
Well, those are functional and uh, quite brilliant, but I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the weirdest things that people have invented and that actually was brought to market. I love it. Some of these are, are, are good ideas. Some of them are just bizarre. Have you ever heard of the fashion designer Anke Damaski? I don't think so. She invented a new fabric and it's spelled Q-M-I-L-C-H, Q-Milk, which okay. is actually made from the casein protein found in milk. It's clothes made out of milk. Okay. So the process is pretty simple, really. They take uh, dried milk powder and they heat it up and it's uh, forced through like an extruding machine. Almost, I'm thinking like a pasta type machine sure. in my mind. Like a, the Play-Doh pasta center. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes out in one yard long strands. Which makes me wonder, you know, if you take a half gallon of milk, how many pairs of culottes would that make? Mm, culottes. Well, we don't know that, but we do know this. It takes about six liters of milk to make a dress. Shouldn't we be looking for ways to eliminate dairy usage? Shouldn't we be looking for ways to lessen <laughs> our dairy intake? <laughs> I guess not everyone's on, on board with that concept. It's, it's, not, fine. it's not the only company doing this either. There was a, a company called Me Taro that uh, also introduced clothing made out of milk products in uh, 2019. It's an interesting idea. Wow. It's actually a pretty interesting idea. And the, the clothing looks nice. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. And it looks like it's a, it's a light kind of fabric. It drapes well. It's very creative. I love it. But I don't want to wear, wear milk underpants in Florida in July. Right? That, I would be very concerned that about... Would be, bad that i mean just the smell of laundry that isn't dried right away you get that mildew smell we've talked about this before how i smell that stale laundry smell and i physically feel angry yeah it's a very strange reaction i don't but i get it i don't understand it it's fine i can't be the only one no no another weird material that was made into clothing that i really can't get on board with either is beachwear made from dried dead fish skin what does it have scales? Yes. Yes, it does. It's a company called Skinini of London. They actually make, make beachwear out of tanned and dried salmon skin. <laughs> oh. Normally, this is a byproduct that is uh, ground up and fed to chicken. Uh, but this company's thought is, yeah, let's make bikinis out of dead fish skin and sell them for $335 and up. <laughs> Again, maybe not something you want to wear beachside in Florida in the dead of summer. Might make you swim faster, though. <laughs> Especially if there's sharks in the it's water. It's my salmon suit. <laughs> I'm told that bras are very hard to wash and dry. And I know that uh, you've told me you can't put them in the dryer. You can't use a regular washing machine and dryer because it will ruin a bra. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I... New bras I don't put in the wash, but old bras I do okay. because they're already kind of meh. So well, I know. Go ahead. Yeah, you don't put <laughs> you don't put your but new I don't ones. put them in the dryer. Yeah, you don't put them in the dryer. You hang them on the doorknobs of the bathroom and bedroom doors. And we've talked about this too. You always hang them on the outside of the door. So when I close the bathroom door, the wind suction, the change in uh, the what is that called? Vacuum. Air pressure. It sucks the bra inside and gets stuck in the door jam. We talked about me getting trapped in the bathroom mm. uh, because of this. I had to climb out the window and come around to the front. You could just use a different bathroom. Well, in 2019, <laughs> an inventor named Alexander Ferenikov created what he calls 
the bra dryer, and it actually uses infrared light along with an airflow to dry your bra safely in Ooh. 30 minutes. I love this idea. This is actually a pretty good practical idea. It sounds weird, bra dryer, but yeah, it's a great idea. No, I don't think there are many people that would argue that the Japanese tech companies are innovators. A few years ago, they really stepped up their game. They invented the Nico Mimi. And what this is, is a set of mechanical cat ears that you put on your head, and it somehow measures your brainwave activity, and that causes the ears to react to your mood. Oh. <laughs> I kind of love that. That is kind of a cool thought. For example, if you're interested in something, your ears will perk up. Wonderful. <laughs> if uh, you're focused on something, they'll wiggle a little bit. And if you're relaxed, they just droop. <laughs> I think that could be problematic, though, in certain situations. Because if you're like, you know, mid-story and I start to doze and then yeah, those ears are going to give me away. They're droopy, yeah. <laughs> mm. Or... If you're wearing them at a bar, which I would do immediately, and maybe you're talking to somebody and, and your ears are indicated that, that you're interested in them when you're really not, you know, that could right. lead to... That's really... just my brain waves. So you're looking for a coffin that rots faster than you do? Well, we recommend the Ecopod Biodegradable Coffin. <laughs> it's made out of recycled paper, and it's been on the market since 2007. It looks... Like it's kind of made out of the same stuff that uh, egg cartons oh, okay. are made out of. Cool. It's actually a pretty good option. I like that idea. It's not as awesome as firing my ashes out of a cannon, but, right but it's good. Here's a product that's perfect for people like us, introverts. <laughs> you, might have, you may have seen this. I remember seeing this in uh, Sky Mall magazine on a flight. It's called the Ostrich Pillow. It's a pillow that actually fits over your head. Yes, I've seen this. So you can put your head down on the tray table in the airplane, and it's totally engulfed in pillow. It even has holes in the side you can put your hands in. I think it's a cool idea, but I don't know if it would work for me, the whole head being inside a pillow kind of thing. I can't even sleep with a sheet over my head without getting overheated. <laughs> and then and then I get kicky and then you get mad at me and you hey. punch me in the throat. All right. Let's and then I wake stay up focused. coughing mm -hmm. up blood and I stumble out of bed into the bathroom and and I hit my head on the side of the tub when I collapse from an excess of blood loss. Well, so probably I won't be getting that. Wouldn't bother you so much if you were wearing the ostrich pillow. Plus you wouldn't get your blood everywhere. Let me talk to you ping-pong enthusiasts that live in a studio apartment. That's me! If that's you, you should look into the ping-pong door. It's a door that converts into a ping-pong table. It just flips. You flip it, like flip of a wrist, and it just... And it becomes a ping-pong table. That's ingenious. It really is. It was introduced in 2018. And uh, the thing is, though, it's a little pricey because they're custom-built, and they start at $12,000. Hem now? What? That is a princely sum if you're living in a place that's not big enough for a ping pong table. What? Why on I, earth would it? Why? I don't know. Sir. Say, do you work in a high stress job? Are you what finding is happening? It? <laughs> what? What? It just why seems did to you me, write this this way? I didn't. This is. It just seems to naturally flow out of me this way. Okay. It's all the commercial voiceover work I've done, I guess. <laughs> Say, do you have a high stress job? Are you finding it difficult to get drunk at work? Uh, then you need this. I've never had that problem. <laughs> the flask tie. 
It says right on it that you can get your drink on, but tie responsibly. It came out in 2013, and it looks, it's just like it sounds. It's a, it's a necktie, but it's got like a hidden fluid bladder in it that you can pour whiskey or whatever it is, your favorite beverages, into it. And it even has like a little straw that pokes up from your collar so you can drink from it discreetly. But wouldn't it be like round and puffy, like a... Like well, a- yeah, I mean, you don't want to overfill your fluid bladder. That's just bad form. No, I think that, you know, you fill it up just enough to get buzzed and then you keep refills in your car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you just then. keep going out to your car. That's <laughs> a lot. During that's work. not suspicious at no. all. No. You may have seen this next one. I actually almost ordered this. It's called the Euro Club. It's basically a hollow golf club that allows men to pee discreetly into it on the golf course. Yes, I have heard of this. It has like a fabric apron that comes down as a privacy shield. It kind of looks like, you know, like a towel that you would have on your on your bag of, of golf clubs. Mm-hmm. So you can pee and it looks like you're just chipping it in from the rough. <clears throat> this was actually invented by a urologist. I think that's a great idea. I think there should be more ways to urinate publicly. Here, here. <laughs> Just don't get your Euro Club and your pitching wedge uh, mixed up, especially if you don't screw the cap back on tightly. Here's a great one. You know when you've got a young baby that's not quite old enough to, to walk yet, but they're, they're mobile, they scoot about on the floor, you put them down and they crawl and roll and scoot about. Why not maximize this energy with a special onesie that has a soft mop head for gentle scrubbing action? I had this idea. You did? Yes. I had that idea too. You did? This was actually invented in 2012, or at least that's when they stole our idea and put it on the market. And it was inspired by a satirical ad in Japan. It's appropriately called the baby mop. Now It's a wonderful idea. It really is. I thought about this. I actually thought about this in the mid-90s, and I never acted on that. So let that be a lesson to us all. When you've got a great idea, Mm. act on it. Uh, This was about the same time that I I also thought up the idea of children's footwear with a built-in tracking device. Oh, that's smart. But uh, I didn't develop that because consumer-grade GPS technology was in its infancy. But you do what you can. That's really all that we can do. A great man once said that. I don't remember who it was. You're weird today. I think it may have been that guy that played Peter on Fringe. Anyway, that's what I got for you. And yes, I'm in a weird mood today. It's because I've been dipping into my tie flask. And now, that thing in the middle. Here's an interesting fact about sharks that you may not know. If you flip a shark upside down, it will go to sleep. Now here's something even weirder. Orca whales know this, and they use this knowledge to their advantage. When an orca sees a shark, it will ram the shark in the side to flip it over so it will fall asleep and he can more easily eat the shark. Whenever Cat makes Jethro laugh, do you get, you know, slightly aroused? Good. Neither do we. This is The Box of Oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, 
and they live about 3,000 miles away. And my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer this message is sponsored by green light you know as your kids get older there are some things about parenting that gets easier i remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece if you put your pants on i'll give you some fresca and when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right it's a lot easier to manage them Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. 
So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Support for The Box of Oddities is provided in part by listeners like you on Patreon. You can support us too. Go to patreon.com slash boxofoddities. Thank you. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. On Instagram, Kissing Whiskey Antiques tagged us in a post. It said, there's a podcast I listen to called Box of Oddities Podcast. Hey, that's us. If you haven't listened and you like random weird facts, definitely give them a listen. I can't give enough compliments, truly. Well, I mean, go on. Dipping into your tie flask. While typing this. So there's this thing called the box of oddities effect. Basically, when they've talked about a topic on the show and then a listener comes across the subject matter in real life. Think the blue car effect, but better. Anywho, I was listening to an episode about vintage sex toys. 315, I think it was. And lo and behold, I find this while out treasure hunting today. <laughs> and it is um, it is a body massage machine. Body massage machine. Body massage machine. And yes, I plugged it in and it works. <laughs> Hashtag box of oddities effect. Aww. Hashtag body massage. Thank you, Kissing Whiskey Antiques, for including us in your post. It is, uh, it's called the Vibra King. <laughs> and that makes me very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds very menacing. <laughs> So, um, what you got for me? It's 1826. Wow, that was mysterious. Yeah. It draw, that drew me right in, yeah. though. No, I thought, I thought maybe it might. Yeah, it drew me right in. Yeah. And a mummy and its sarcophagus were donated to the University of Warsaw. The donor said that the mummy, thought to be a female, was found in the royal tombs in Thebes. And it was brought to Poland in the 19th century. But the archaeologists are uncertain about this mummy's background, or really most mummies. You know how it was. Back in the day, mummies were always being... uh, Pirated? Pirated, exactly. That's not the word I was looking for, but it's a better word. Great job, you. (laughs) Thank you. You know, there was a lot of uh, mummy trade and a lot of faux mummies and a lot of stealing from mummies and pretending that these mummies were mummies that were different mummies, but they're not those mummies. You know how it went. So anyway, this mummy was loaned to the National Museum in Warsaw in 1917. And in the 1920s, it was being inspected and they found that there was an inscription on the sarcophagus. It was translated to reveal the name of an Egyptian priest, Horjahudi. It said, scribe, priest of Horus Thoth, the translation read, worshipped as visiting deity in the mountain of Dijeme, royal governor of the town of Petmitten, Horjahudi, justified by voice. Yeah, that's what it's. That's what mummy sounded that's like. What it said. That's what it said. said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's this mummy mm-hmm. inside the sarcophagus, and the sarcophagus says this Egyptian priest's name. Yeah, Horjahudi. <laughs> Don't. I okay, I, I won't I do it again. I won't. I promise. As far as you know, I won't. All right. 
So in 2015, <clears throat> in 2015, the Warsaw Mummy Project started. And that uses technology to examine artifacts housed at the National Museum in Warsaw. Using computer tomography, they're investigating these mummies more so that they can learn about the, the pieces that they have here at the museum. Now, it, yeah, you have a mummy. It's neat. People want to look at it. You really don't have to know the whole history behind the mummy for it to be neat. It's still neat, but they're really starting to invest in getting to understand the history of what they have at this museum. I love that. Me too. I love when they can personalize it to the point where they can go, yeah, here's a guy. He was a scribe mm -hmm. and he lived about 4,000 years ago. Here's his house. Right. And here's a cup he drank from. I love when they're able to put all the pieces together and recreate the life of somebody that lived so long ago. Me too. So they're investigating this mummy inside the Horjahudi sarcophagus, and they've discovered that this body has a much more delicate skeletal structure than they would have thought. Hmm. They also noticed there's no wiener. Okay, then. Well, all right. So male reproductive organs were missing, and a three-dimensional reconstruction revealed breasts. So, oh. as I said, it's not incredibly surprising. It is estimated that some 10% of mummies in museum collections might actually be in the wrong coffins. Sure. That is not uncommon. That is not, that is not too uncommon. <laughs> so... Then, according to BBC, one of the researchers on the project, Dr. Marzena Ozarek Silke, told the Polish state news agency that her husband spotted what appeared to be a little foot on one of the scans. Now, this doctor and her husband, who are both working on this project, have three kids together. So they've seen this kind of scan with this kind of oh. little foot. Oh. Yes. She was with child? They measured the fetus head circumference and estimated that, yes, this mummy was between 26 and 30 weeks pregnant, making this the first ever discovery of a pregnant, embalmed mummy. That is incredible. Yeah. So they call her the mysterious lady. And one of the biggest questions the scientists have now is why the fetus remained in place. So when they're mummifying, generally all the internal organs and such are removed prior to mummification, oftentimes put in jars that are that are put in with the, right. the rest of the mummy's afterlife belongings. I'll just put this liver over here with the rest of the body parts. <laughs> this now leads us to questions about ancient Egyptian spiritual beliefs. So did the Egyptians believe that the fetus would go to the afterlife with mummy, mommy? Or <laughs> was this mummy like a strange anomaly? Was it kind of like, oh, shit, I didn't know. Did you know? No, I didn't know. Mm. Do you want to just pretend like we didn't see this? Okay. That's more work for you, right? Sure. Yeah, that's true. Let's just get the job done. <laughs> so uh, given that artifacts weren't handled with the best care in the 19th century, as we've discussed. You know, things were all moved around and sold off as more valuable. Yeah. They, would, they would often take mummies that were in the best condition 
And if they were in a broken sarcophagus, they mm. would move them to a different sarcophagus that was in better condition. Right. So it could be like a whole package. Right. So it's that's exactly what they think might have happened here, where that mummy was put in the sarcophagus to be passed off as a more valuable artifact. Mm. Because overall, um, there were some there was some damage to the mummy wrappings around her neck region because there were some amulets that had been buried mm. with her. Right. Um, that of course pilfering, yep. you know, resulted in some of those being stolen. Not all though. Um, and so it's it, otherwise she was in really good condition. So it may have been that she was just popped in a really nice looking sarcophagus and sold uh, as as a more valuable artifact. At this point, it's pretty impossible to know exactly who this woman was or if she came from Thebes where the coffin was found or where the coffin was said to be found. There are so many layers of confusion here, but there are a few things that can be gauged from her remains. She was mummified with great care. Um, she had a rich set of amulets suggesting that she was someone of importance, um, not just because of the things that were mummified with her, but just the fact that she had been mummified. You know, not everyone got mummified. It was a luxury in ancient Egypt, and it wasn't available to everyone. So the experts say that at least 15 items, including those amulets, were found intact within the wrappings. So people had stolen from her mm -hmm. her body, right. but they hadn't gotten everything. And that was not uncommon. I'm not going to say it. Um, but grave robbers would come in and just take the quickest, easiest things that they right. could get. They didn't want to spend a lot of time there because penalty for robbing a grave was death. Right. Well, why wouldn't it be? Mm. I mean, they had such strong beliefs about the afterlife and what the process of mummification and the process of their putting together their tombs, what that meant for their afterlife. So why wouldn't it be a severe crime? Interestingly, there was a pharaoh, and I'm not sure which dynasty it was. It was one of the later dynasties who sanctioned the um, priests to go in and rob the older pharaoh's tombs to mm. help build his treasury because they were That's falling right. on hard times. I do remember that. That's crazy. That was one of our bedtime documentaries, <laughs> yep. was it not? Yeah. Nothing like falling to sleep while watching a documentary about dead mummies. Better than living mummies. That would be, oh, we should watch The Mummy. Which one? The one with Brendan Fraser. Didn't we just watch that? No. Uh, seems like I just watched it. I don't think I like your attitude. <laughs> so anyway, they believe that uh, she was most likely a high-status woman between the age of 20 and 30 who died during the first century BCE. And the team is hoping to take very small amounts of tissue uh, from her to establish cause of death and learn more about hmm. where she might have lived and how she might have died. Because, again, this is obviously someone who might be referenced in hieroglyphs and, and we sure. can learn about, uh, but also uh, her being the first to be found with a fetus is pretty noteworthy. It is. Now... The story I did on the Screaming Mummy Museum mm -hmm. not too long ago, I mentioned that uh, they found a um, mummified person with a fetus inside. Mm -hmm. And they, they thought that it was probably the youngest mummy ever found. 
It, but I don't think it was as young as what you're talking about. Maybe they were determining the difference between natural mummification. This absolutely, yes. Okay. This was an intentional mummification. Yeah. And the screaming mummies were kind of just like, oh, it's dry here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happens when it's dry here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was an intentionally mummified prego. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, I got most of my information from Science Alert, from BBC, and from CNN.com. I'm going to make a note to follow that story because I really want to know what this chick's deal was. Yeah. So thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll see you next time, you guys. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories, stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. history but hate when it's stuffy and boring well look no further and join me katie charlwood your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books as i delve into unsolved historical mysteries murders by gaslight and of course women who have been misrepresented through all time on who did what now the history podcast that's not your history class listen wherever you get your podcasts if you like this podcast can we recommend another one It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.